Hello, magical creatures, and welcome back to another episode of Around the Cauldron. I'm your host, Zachariah the Witch. Today is an interview that I had the pleasure of doing more than a couple of years ago, but due to some time constraints and my own personal schedule, I decided that this week, which is a date much earlier than I think when I'm posting this will be in February, I've decided to re-upload this previous interview with a good friend of mine who I also had the pleasure of marrying them to their spouse, Rani Rodil. Rani and I got the pleasure to discuss reincarnation, transformation, sobriety, and all of the things that go into magic for the two of us. So I hope you enjoy listening into this conversation. Also, just to clarify, if you're confused, it sounds like I'm talking to people who aren't there. When Around the Cauldron first started, if you just found me on podcasts like Apple, Spotify, etc., Around the Cauldron originally started as a series of live streams on Instagram, and it was every Monday uh, Pacific time, I think after five or six, and it just became a nonstop thing. And so I had the pleasure of interviewing a lot of different people because most of this spawned from group ritual or fireside conversation that I would have when I was running the Black Hat Society here in Los Angeles and I would do other workshops or seances and we would talk about just so many things regarding the supernatural and the occult and paganism. And so now in this episode, it's nice to go back to a time when I think we had just gotten out of a stay-at-home order and certain restrictions were lifted after the dreaded pandemic. Um, But I was so just happy to be able to have conversations with people about things that excited us, inspired us, and made us reinvent who. Right away in the beginning of this throwback episode, you'll hear me pull a few cards for those who are watching. I do believe that no matter where in time or space you end up hearing a reading or hear a card pull or an explanation from spirit, it doesn't matter. That message could still be applicable applicable (laughs) to you today. So I even re-listened to it while I was editing this and I was kind of like, huh, that's interesting how things have transferred forward from that day. So I hope that helps. Enjoy this live stream with Rani Rodil and I'll see you next time around the cauldron after this. So the first thing I want to do is tell you, we're going to do three cards for this week. And the three cards will be, the first one is going to be where you are now. So let me get out my playing cards really quick. And um, and if any of you have questions for later in the show um, that are going to be about reincarnation or past lives, please go ahead and click on the bubble below that has a question mark box in it. And that's where you can send your question for my special guest as well as myself and We'll openly talk about it or share our perspectives about your question. Now, to get to the cards. The first card of this week is where you are now. And according to my Bowie cards here that we have, it is the Queen of Diamonds. Now, the Queen of Diamonds symbolizes money and financial matters. So whenever this card pops up, it tells me that a lot of you are thinking about all of the financial issues that you have at the front of your mind. It's the what if. 
Uh, the Queen of Diamonds also talks about how she feels in regards to money, but usually this card is symbolic of a person who has security or somebody who's planned ahead enough um, that can survive at least, which I know a lot of us don't just want to survive. We want to succeed. We want to thrive. Um, but there is a lot of nervousness to the Queen of Diamonds as well. And so what this card reminds you to do is to remain calm this week. Um, put your ducks in a row. You've been through similar situations before, so stop freaking out. Um, and maybe this is some unlearning that you need to do as well, because when we apply the Queen of Diamonds to romance and connections, she also reminds us too that we need to let go of certain things. Like, you're, it's the queen. It's the queen's energy. You rule this situation. Um, the queen is also very creative and can really fly by the seat of her pants. So she's good at coming up with a game plan quicker than the king of diamonds um, because she has a lot less to lose. So this is what you need to realize. This is where you are right now for this week. So stop stressing out. But I will summarize this reading at the end. So let's see what else we got. So the next card is going to be what path you need to walk towards or what signs you need to look out for. Like what are some things that are going to help you? And let me wave to all these people that just popped in. Hello. Um, so let's see what the next card is. Okay, universe, that's fun. So I just mentioned how the queen of diamonds is more self-aware and self-assured than the king of diamonds. And I pulled the king of diamonds. So the king of diamonds is telling you that if you are gainfully employed, don't let your work rule your life right now. Um, it's basically also saying uh, what you need to walk towards is don't don't be a fucking workaholic because I know a lot of us like to do that when we're stressed out, when we're pissed off, uh, we go into work mode. We go into something that distracts us. And that's a lot of what this card represents. We pursue work and it's dominating everything. Um, we try to put our head down. We try to put our nose to the grindstone, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this card also tells you that you need to fucking check your ego, bitch, because just because you're the king doesn't mean you're the best at everything. Um, take a lower position. If you are not employed, if you're on unemployment, take what you can get. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's the biggest problem that the King of Diamonds has is that the King of Diamonds does not know how to fucking ask for help. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of help around sometimes in certain situations. So this is why that energy of the Queen of Diamonds is so prevalent because we have to come up with ideas for ourselves sometimes to survive. Um, a lot of relationships and romances are going to have to falter or fall back during this time with the King of Diamonds so you can keep yourself moving forward. So it's very similar to what the Queen of Diamonds said about letting people go, moving forward, um, cutting the bullshit out. Uh, the King, while he is in control, is a team player, um, but he also, again, does need to start utilizing the team and the people that he has around him and the network and the connections that he has. And he also has to be ready to be held accountable for what it is that he said he needs help with or they. Um, so basically the energy is, you know, don't let the superficial and the things with diamonds are associated with the earth elements and money and all that shit. Don't let it consume you. It doesn't mean, it doesn't, um, how do I say that? 
it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't um it doesn't determine your worth um it doesn't so wealth comes in many forms so just remember that um the last card the last card last card last card let's see what we got Like it's gonna be a fun one. So the last card that we're gonna draw is what will assist you, or what you should avoid this week. Um, so, of course, we pull this fucking card. God damn it! The Joker. Now, in my opinion, the Joker always gets a bad reputation. Joker's to me, trickster energy, the fool, all of that some of like what I work with, it's chaotic energy. Um, the Joker always gets a bad rep. They're full of surprises and miracles, but in this case, both of these things can help you or harm you. Um, if you trust the universe too much and then you don't put in any effort here in the physical, it's gonna come back to bite you in the ass, Karen. You can't sit in a boat that's sinking and be like, God help me and not do anything about the hole that's right beneath you. So, um, if you hustle too hard and you don't give gratitude, you're going to burn a lot of bridges. So if you're purely in the physical, like the diamond cards are saying, if you're just all in the physical and the superficial, you're going to cut out that spiritual and emotional part of your life too. So this is all about balance. I mean, even look the, at the way he's standing. He's very balanced in between here, above and below. The imagery is, is very, very arcane magic. So, um... You also might just need to fucking laugh. Stop being so goddamn serious, you know? Um, shit is already crazy. Shit is already burning. The world is already falling apart. So don't add the stress of not knowing to the equation. Sometimes it's good for you not to know what is to come because you innately already do know, and that's why you're prepping yourself emotionally and spiritually to take action. But if you dwell on something, then you're just drawing more of that shitty situation into your life. So be present. Um, this card is, is all about our untapped potential. It's all about what we need to decide that, that is or should be in our life. And the Joker always makes people look at the, um, the adverse side of something. So Joker is very much the devil's advocate of things. So you think you got your shit, your shit together, girl? The Joker is there to be like, why are you so fucking serious? Exactly. Um, much like in the movie. So in summary, these cards are basically telling you to be frugal, to be present, and to be mindful of yourself and what happens around you. But be present is a really, really strong one for that. So that summarizes your weekly uh, card reading for the week. Before we get into the show, I just want to remind you, my name is Zachariah the Witch. I'm the host of this show, and this is my fucking Instagram. Um, if you would like to book a full 30-minute or 60-minute reading with me, please visit my website, www.zachariahthewitch.com, where I offer spiritual advice and coaching. Um, and also, if you're afraid of the cards or divination, I also give uh, spiritual advice or counsel. So that means if you got an idea or you're at a crossroads, um, I use a lot of my growth and self-discovery and sobriety to help people make decisions and yada, yada, yada. Um, last year I got hired by a, a corporate company to do a workshop with them and that was interesting. So um, moving on to our show. 
Episode 23, Past Lives, Reincarnation, Spirits. Ooh. Um, about 30% of Americans, adult Americans, believe in reincarnation. Uh, I've looked up those numbers or that percentage on a few different websites now, and it seems to be between 30 to 33%. I don't know who's doing these polls, but that's the information that I found. Um, even, even Christian Americans are in that category because they believe that the soul is uh, persistent, so it could return if God willed it. Um, there are a lot of stories about reincarnation where children tell their parents uh, where they died or who they were at one point in time, and some believe themselves to be reincarnated members of their family that they have no previous knowledge of, but somehow they share detailed information about that person's life or how that person died. And then they see a photo of this person, they go, holy shit, that's me. Um, some of the modern psychologists that I follow or have really started to read a lot about, um, like Brian L. Weiss, he wrote a book called Many Lives, Many Masters, where he used his ability of hypnosis and hypnotherapy, and he's a psychotherapist, so he's got a degree, bitch. Um, and he shares his information about how he worked with a client of his to help them on the road to recovery and ended up finding information about his own son through his client um, who had passed. His son was deceased. And this client knew information and things about his personal life and the death of his son that they, there's no way they could have known. So that book is called Many Lives, Many Masters. I have read it a couple times now. But it is the true story of a prominent psychiatrist, his young patient, and the past life therapy that changed both their lives. So if you want to read about a modern take on reincarnation and past lives, I do recommend that. Some other books that I recommend are um, Past Lives, Future Loved Ones, and You Were Born Again to Be Together by Richard Sutphin. Um, he's another author that has focused on all things related to past lives and reincarnation. I think even the medical medium and some of the other modern day psychics who are in the media have some books where they talk about understand your past self, keys to realization, um, the Akashic records. There's so many different ways that we've interpreted past lives and reincarnation, but I'm going on a little bit too much. I wanna bring on my guest today. I'm excited. I have had her on the show before. Um, Ronnie Rodil of Bizarre Ogogo. Ronnie is very open in sharing her magic and her path and her journey in sobriety, uh, her conjure work, her magic, her journey through uh, New Orleans and rediscovering herself. I also really feel like out of all of my guests that Ronnie has a perspective about past lives and reincarnation that you motherfuckers need to hear. So um, again, if you have questions and you want us to answer your questions, I still don't see any questions popping up down here. So click on the question mark bubble, send your questions about past lives, reincarnations, ghost stories, your own experiences with reincarnation or past lives. I, we would love to hear it, share it, and give our perspective about it. But um, introducing now the um, wonderful guest, Ronnie. I'm going to bring Ronnie on right now. And hello, all, all of you beautiful people that just came in. Hello. Hey. Turn up my volume. All right. The Plus, we're doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut my head off. It's okay. 
Yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> I actually took a shower today and I got I got in the zone today. I did a bunch of note taking today. I wanted to make sure that we gave everybody a proper episode because people requested this topic. So first of all, how are how are you? Where are you calling from? Sorry, what'd you say? It's, oh, wait, it's doing a loading thing. Sorry. Okay. Okay. It, okay. Go on. Let's see. How are you? Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm home. Um, did you guys feel the solar eclipse? Because I sure fucking didn't. So things <laughs> 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 have been so crazy for the past few weeks weeks that it's just like everything's all fucked up. But I'm I'm good. I'm alive. So. I'm glad that you mentioned the solar <laughs> the eclipse because I forgot to mention that to people who are watching now. The new moon and the eclipse, and I know you know this, Ronnie, it's about what we want to manifest or conjure. And it is magnified during an eclipse. These are some of the best times during a new moon to, to sharpen your ritual, to tune into divination. And I feel like for today's episode, it's so important to learn about a topic that maybe some of us don't know about. And some people don't know much about reincarnation, rebirth, karmic cycles. Um, but if you're gonna do a ritual tonight, those of you watching, I do recommend Maybe think of a few small goals that you want to attain. Think of a good place to start. Talk to your ancestors. Do some candle magic. Um, this is a really, really good time to do something by yourself. New moons, to me, are always about yourself. And it's always about looking inward. Um, so talk to your ancestors. Talk to them about moving forward and what direction you should be going in in order to create the best changes to help you grow the most. And that's just my spiel on new moons and eclipses. Yeah. What do you spot think on. about what do you think about it? Oh, what you said was just spot on, you know. Um actually all day I was just working on my altars and connecting with my ancestors, seeing what I should be what my next steps should be cuz it's been it's been pretty interesting just um the messages I've been receiving and it seems fucking scary, but at the same time I'm like, well, we're in this, so you know, like Yeah. Just gotta just gotta um, maintain um, balance, I guess, throughout all of it. There's gonna be ups and downs, but trying to stay balanced through mm -hmm. all of it. So there's, um, there's a passage from the book that I've talked about by Brian Weiss. And the thing that's interesting about this book, and I, I know that this will resonate with you, is when he helps this client through hypnosis channel messages or go to that space in between her lives of being alive, but also reincarnating, she starts to get these really intense spiritual and ascended master type messages. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's one. Catherine said, the knowledge that you have now, this information and this wisdom is all important. It is not accessible when you are awake and in the physical state, but maybe you don't understand that it always is because every moment of who you were and who you have been exists within you no matter which lifetime you live in. Yeah. I read beautiful. that the first time it gave me the creeps. I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got that same message from spirit. They were cause like these past two years have been like a, so much has happened to me spiritually. So many changes, my sobriety. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, started receiving all these really crazy gifts and they're saying this isn't just from this lifetime this is a culmination of all of your lifetimes you're just learning how to remember these yeah. things and i'm like okay that makes a lot of sense i've seen i've had a lot of interesting dreams about my past lives as like a priestess and mm -hmm. speaking different languages and healing people and i'm and i'm just like kind of in awe of um 
of all that shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. About what we are doing and, you know, I, I, I think actually, that's... I love that you mentioned dreams because that's kind of where I wanted to start. So the, yeah. the things that I've read over the years and what I've experienced myself or even had friends in the spiritual community discuss is they became aware of a past life or some connection to something to the past, not necessarily another life, but just a moment in the past that was very familiar to them via dreams. Um, so one example is I had a client who shared a dream where there was a military base on an island somewhere in near India or somewhere like that. She just said the way people were talking and they looked, it was like India, right? And then she said she woke up and said the name of the lighthouse and wrote it down. And we're like, well, let's Google it. Come to find out this is a real lighthouse in Sri Lanka that is the highest point in elevation. And there used to be military bases there. Um, and she started crying and she was just like, yeah. I was murdered there. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> not to laugh at you being murdered, but damn, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people, I mean, do you have any examples of some of the dreams that you've had from a past life that have kind of echoed into your life now? Oh yeah, I've had dreams of being in like a jungle and um, and these are kind of recurring, but like just speaking a different language and mixing stuff up and working with other beings, like putting lights together in, I don't know, it's, it was, it's, it's really weird, but they, it, it, they say that or what it felt like was it was Egypt, but it was very lush. It was like before yeah. Egypt became, like I would see visions of it drying up and becoming a desert, like in my dreams, or like <laughs> kind of like a weird fast forward to show me where it was. And it's just really interesting because they told me that I was very connected to Sekhmet. And then like that same same day I saw my granddaughter and you know, Sekhmet's the lion, she's pointing above my head and she goes, there's a lion. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I just I just heard that I'm the daughter of the lion and I'm connected to Sekhmet. And then my granddaughter is telling me there's a lion behind me. There's nothing behind me, but it's just kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. All of that gets connected. So um, I'll share mine. I had a dream that I was looking into a really smoky mirror and it was years ago, but my face kept changing. And I thought it was because I was like in my teens and I was going through a difficult time, but I never forgot that dream. And fast forward, I got a reading from a conjure woman who read Bones. Her name was Miss Danita. And she, I sat in front of her and she goes, hmm. And I didn't even like really have a conversation with her. She just started. And she says to me, hmm, why are you so sad? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, why are you so sad? You ain't got nothing to be sad about. You can be whoever you want. You are whatever you want. And you already know that. You've seen your many faces. And I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah. it stirred something up in me that made me, uh, for one, it helped me get my validation to leave Arizona and move out to California. Um, and the second part was now, most recently, I was having a conversation with my friend Kira Von Sutra, who's also a reader. And I was telling her about how I found the trickster energy has been prevalent all throughout my life. All of the animals that have come to me, all of the um, deities that have come to me in dreams and all the like imagery that I find in my life. It's always about the transformation, the shapeshifter or yeah, the trickster. Same. So 
I'm really like, it's strange. Like I've never been comfortable talking about it, but you and I have also discussed via text, like we obviously have some weird connection because, well, it's not yeah. weird. It's just, there's something that has brought us together. It's your eyes. I saw yeah. it in your eyes immediately. I was like, I know this soul. Just mm -hmm. past life, something about your eyes really felt familiar and, mm -hmm. and very, um, just very precious to me. Yeah. And same, because um, there's even some works of fiction that I've read, and one of them was called The Celestine Prophecy. And it is supposed to be a fictitious book, but there's some very interesting esoteric principles in there that say, when someone looks familiar to you, you should speak to them because your soul might already know them. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And every time I've done that, and you can share your experience with this, every time I've done that, it's done nothing but lead me down a good path or create a new window of opportunity in my life. Have you ever had a moment like that? Like, obviously, like, we've connected, but is there anyone yeah, else? Yeah, all life? the time. Yeah? Yeah. Or sometimes, like, someone that, like, right off the bat i i know that i wouldn't vibe with them like i'll mm -hmm. see them and i'm like i don't know about that person then i give them a chance and i'm like oh, i was right they're garbage like you know what i mean like it's yeah. probably some past life shit past life shit or maybe it's just their vibe but like mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes i get this knowing i don't know if that makes sense to you where you just kind of know like oh this is probably some past life something i gotta yes. heal that or something absolutely <laughs> Yeah, and I think, too, the thing that you and I have in common is the journey with sobriety, and um, you're right. You don't just magically get here. It's, um, there's a trajectory of your ancestors and everything that set you up to be here in this lifetime, and there's a lot of learning and unlearning that yeah. you are required to do. So maybe your grandmother couldn't do it, or maybe you in a previous life couldn't do it, but you have the tools that you need now to assess those things and change them, like breaking cycles of addiction, breaking depressive patterns, working on the self. Um, so that brings me to my next question. Ronnie, do you believe that when we reincarnate, we constantly carry the bits and pieces of ourself, even the parts of us that are toxic or harmful, or do we evolve past them? It's, it's, I believe it's, it's the person's choice to evolve, to evolve, you know, mm -hmm. um, I could still be where I was two years ago drinking and, and, um, I'd, I'd still be thriving in a sense, but, uh, something told me that I needed to follow this path of, um, healing myself so that I could heal others. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's really up to the person. They can, they can, you can be a fucking afraid of spiders your whole life where you could try to find out maybe why, maybe it's past life shit. I'd actually helped Sig get over his fear of spiders, which was most likely past life. We did a thing and then he's like totally not afraid of them anymore. So like, I find that interesting too, because the spider is one of the main animal and the magic that I utilize. So <laughs> that's very funny. Um, do you want to answer a couple of questions from people watching? Sure. Okay. Let's go with, let's try this one. Is there something to birthmarks or beauty marks that is tied to past lives? I'll let you answer that first. I've actually read that that could have been a part a part of you that was like punctured, or maybe that's how you were killed. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's true, but um, there have been healings that I've done on people like around 
moles or like little things. And I'm like, I just imagine like getting to where whatever it was that, cause it'd be like pain. There's like a pain where there's like yeah. a mole. And I try to like, like whatever past life issues that caused that, try to heal that and actually it, it works. So, mm -hmm. but um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you can't be sure, but you just, yeah, you just can't gotta be. say what yeah. you think. <laughs> um, I also think too, it's not just like birthmarks or beauty marks. I think some people have a, they're drawn to certain types of tattoos or body modifications too, because they're trying, there's a part of their consciousness that's trying to relive a person that they liked being at one point in time. Um, like my, my star tattoo next to my eye, it has a lot of spiritual significance from a previous friend of mine. But at the same time, I've always wanted to have like a Marilyn Monroe mole or like a, a beauty mark on my face. You know, it's always just been something. So something of that like old Hollywood, you know, I want to have that like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like at some point in time I did live or during that time. So maybe I did always draw one on, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay. I always thought that was a beauty mark on you. No girl tattoo. <laughs> it's um, nice. It's nice. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, vampire, I think that there is something to it. I think that what Ronnie said is true too. Like um, I know people who have very strange scars or have had surgery and before they had surgery or before they got a scar, they had a dream that they were injured there or they got stabbed or they got decapitated. I knew a girl who had a scar right here on her neck. And before it happened, she had a dream that her head got chopped off. I mean, she just fell and cut her neck. So that was different, but it always weirded her out to see it because then she always associated it with that scar. So there's a lot of people who through pain and trauma will also, it'll, I think really think, bring some things from your past life back to the surface too, that maybe you don't want to deal with, or maybe you should deal with, so. Um, oh yeah, that reminds me, I, I've always had this little, like, it's like a little mark on my foot, like the heel of my foot, and it looks like a crescent moon. And when I always She's forget a witch. That, like, huh. <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> yep, my feet were burned. All right, um, let's do another one. Oh, this is actually an, a continuation of that question. Uh, they asked about the birthmarks because they've noticed that their partners tend to have the same mole on their necks in the same spot. Oh, and you're a vampire it? Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. My question, my question is, how do these relationships usually go? Do they always crash and burn the same way that the previous ones did? Because maybe that's what you need to avoid. Maybe it's a sign or a symbol of like, no, <laughs> I can't be with this person, you know? Maybe. Maybe. Not really sure. Jason, <laughs> Jason said, I have a large birthmark or scar in the exact place that the centurion stabbed Jesus. Maybe you're Jesus, Jason. Maybe. <laughs> Let's answer another question. Um, any idea what would make someone who would have prophetic dreams stop dreaming, although, or at least stop, I think it's supposed to say receiving their dream. Yeah, recalling their dreams. Yeah. Hmm. And it's from the same person. They have a lot of questions. Yeah, it, I mean, it could be stress. And sometimes if you're going through a personal transformation, you don't dream. Like it mm -hmm. could be a couple of weeks, it could be a couple of months. Um, but that happens sometimes when you're going through like a personal spiritual transformation, you won't have dreams. Yeah. I also feel too that when, um, 
when our, our spiritual gifts, if we have that gift, I feel that we're given a gift when we're born and it will evolve. So maybe you won't use that one as much or it won't come to you as much. Maybe there's something else that you're tapping into now that you should be aware of. Um, Cynical 55 says, I had a recurring dream when I was a child that I was a man running from the police in the 1930s and I have a dent in my head where I was shot and killed by them. I have had migraines in that spot since high school. Wow. Wow. All right. That's crazy. Ooh, you had to do like a clearing on that. Maybe have the yeah. Do a little clearing. Let me try to help you with that. Let's. Let me just. There's any past traumas that are that are related to the migraines. If we can be releasing that right now, great spirit, that would be a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Let that become what it needs to become. That's how yeah. I like to say about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to Jason's question. I don't know much about past lives, but once in a reading, maybe by Z, I was told that I've had many and I'm probably on my final life. What's up with that? Ooh. Yeah, that's another question, Ronnie. Like, I want to hear your perspective on this. Do you think that we have a final life that we approach and we're done? Or do we just keep going? Ooh, you know what? I never thought about not having life or not being a part of an energy or like, I feel like maybe not as who you are. You maybe you could become the essence of someone else that's being brought into mm -hmm. oh, a world. It doesn't have to be this world, but I don't know. I just, I, don't, I couldn't see some, someone just not existing anymore. If that makes I sense. Think my my interpretation of this question is there's a there's an older less new agey uh take on past lives and reincarnation and a lot of it stems from numerology because um even in hindu beliefs or vedic beliefs there's a lot of association with numbers and lifetimes and et cetera. Et cetera. i'm not an expert on that either but what i do know is that some people feel that when you're born onto a nine life path, that that means that you're an ascended master and that you're, you're almost at completion. So you can either choose to come back and evolve to an 11 or you finish and start over again, or you don't use like, I, I really believe that in the spiritual plane, and maybe this is me sounding like a crazy person, just like we have jobs here in the physical, there are spiritual beings and ascended masters who have jobs too. And they have different departments that they take care of and there's <laughs> different things that they are associated with. <laughs> like, I feel that. I feel that. And they have multiple names and they have so many different areas of expertise, you know? Yeah. Um, but thank you everybody for your questions. If you, if you are just tuning in and you have a question, you can still click on the question mark box below and um, we'll answer them for you. I think we have one more in here so far. How do you discover your potential past lives? And this is from Marissa Lynn. Ooh, you could, uh, YouTube has some pretty good past life regression videos. <laughs> um, actually, I did one the other day because I was just curious to, to do a little bit more. And it took me, took me back to Egypt again and told me that I was a priestess, which is interesting because that same day I watched Kira, one of Kira's videos and another person's um, videos, and they both pulled the priestess card. 
two separate readings and I was like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, you should try try those, try online videos or set an intention mm -hmm. and look in the mirror. You were talking about the mirror. Yeah. Do mushrooms. <laughs> look Do in mushrooms. the fucking light a candle, look in the mirror and say, I want to see my past faces. Yeah. And I shit you not, it would, you're going to get taken somewhere. You can actually, there's a, and if those of you who do not partake, there's another method. You sit in a dark room with a, a, a low light or one candle and you have it so it's just shadowy enough and just so you can look into a mirror and you do a gazing exercise and you do the same thing. You say, yeah. I want to see who I am and who I've been. Yeah. Um, you can also do that through meditation. Um, doing breathing exercises too before looking into the mirror. Yeah. Like that really helps. Yeah, totally. Some other ways to discover your past life potential too. Pay attention to your dreams. I, you know, yes. that's part of like biggest yes. part of my ma magical path has been understanding and interpreting the symbolism and signs of dreams. So many people miss the mark when it comes to what their dream is trying to tell them. And it's usually your own brain. It's usually your own subconscious, but a lot of the other times there too, we have messages that come from higher planes of existence and it's from our ancestors or it's from our past lives or whatever it is that you want to put a name to. Um, so an easy way to understand your potential past lives is what are you drawn to the most in this lifetime? What is something that just came to you that made sense that you were drawn to that you were like, that's my thing. I'm going to do that. Um, because a lot of us don't realize where that comes from. Like, think about it. All the musicians with their fame and notoriety that grew up in a non-musical family, that all of a sudden one day discovered, I really love to sing and I don't know where this comes from. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that's in them that maybe it's not a past life, but it's their potential that maybe they didn't get to finish or complete before. So when you want to tune in and discover your potential past lives, try different methods and different means. The biggest one that I really am a proponent for is hypnotherapy and hypnosis with a professional because you can fuck your brain up if you don't do it with a professional <laughs> or you don't do it in the right context. Um, but a warning, and I know you know this too, which don't go digging around in the past if you ain't ready to deal with what's going to come up. Yeah, definitely. So, Okay. You gotta like, actually, I would suggest meditating, drinking a lot of water. If you really want to dig into the past, raise your vibration first, because you can, you can see shit that's not so savory, you know? Yeah. You got a comment here. It said, hi, Ronnie. I had a vision in dream state that I was in an 18th century brothel as a prostitute. A few weeks later, me and two girlfriends ended up staying in a brothel in New Orleans. Interesting. So Again, too, like, I think when you're really curious about these things and you're tr starting to look into who you were or who you have been or who you are, you start to get drawn to the things that you need to discover first. You know, yeah. my, my discovery, like. I'm pretty sure I was a prostitute in a past life. Me when too. I was, when I was a kid, I was a slut. Like, as a child, I was like, I would look in the mirror, like four years old, like, I'm so sexy. Like, yep. you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm pretty sure I was a a prostitute or some sexy vixen that everyone wanted because it as a child i thought everyone would have wanted me just crazy. yes i mean I, I have no shame in sharing this even in this lifetime at one point i was a sex worker because i needed to make money and there ain't no shame in that game okay no, not at all so, not at all but 
the other thing too is like I recall a dream that I had that I was in a, a performing like cir traveling circus and on my body was a tattoo that said that I was a certain person's property. And so I couldn't go anywhere else or work for anyone else because I had this mark on me. But it basically was like this weird, it was my owner, but also my lover. So I was like a sex slave and a performer. It was very strange. It's very strange. Interesting. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, again, that's a dream that came up in my life. And that was around the time that I started getting into sex work or I started getting into certain things that pertain to it or being more involved in the culture of it, you know? So yeah, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> so Ronnie, um, what are some ways that you think people should be aware of as far as like the topic of healing trauma from a past life, because that's a big thing that I've been seeing a lot during 2020 is shadow work, karmic trauma, karmic cycles. Do you think that that's necessary? And if so, do you, is there a way that you go about healing that? I think it's very necessary. I've seen like really miraculous things happen from people going back and healing past life things or ancestral things. Um, I think it's, I think for, for a person to be as whole as they can be, they should acknowledge um, past traumas and try to work with them and heal them. And I don't know, work with people who do this stuff, you know, people who can go help you go into your past lives and heal the traumas. It's really amazing shit, mm -hmm. you know? Like yeah. a lot of people don't want to believe in it, but I'm like, I didn't believe in that shit until I started doing it. And then I saw things happen in, in family lines where yeah. people weren't talking for years. And then I, you do this ritual and then the next day they're talking and they didn't even know yeah. that you did this ritual. So yeah, I think that healing, acknowledging these things um, and really honoring the good and the bad and then mm -hmm. releasing things that don't serve them. Yes. It's kind of a, a process, but it's very valuable to um, learn to heal yourself or have someone help you heal. Yeah, that's, you do it. definitely. I think the good or bad part is important too, because even through my journey through numerology and how numbers associate with everything, in numerology, there isn't a good and bad or light and dark. It's what is or what isn't. Yeah, it, it really is. So I feel like when it comes to karmic cycles or reincarnation or past lives or sometimes you become aware of these things and you start discovering them because maybe it's your position in life to be the healer of your family or to be That's the healer true. of trauma from this lifetime. You know, I a lot of the people in my life are all going through that similar thing where it's like they feel like the black sheep. They feel like the outcast, but they're the ones that are doing the most work to heal themselves. Yeah. So that's another thing that people need to realize is like, while you might feel on the outs and you might feel strange, there's a reason for that because yeah. you have the ability to do that and work on yourself. But yeah. unfortunately, so many spiritual people or witches or pagans or non-spiritual folks get stuck in that loop of this lifetime and they want to consume and they want to self-medicate and they want to be sad and yeah. they get, you know, and I'm not saying that mental illness doesn't exist. I'm just saying like, there are things that we can do that don't perpetuate it and make it worse. So Definitely. it's all about self-discovery and unlearning and learning. Like I said in the beginning, 
you know. Yeah. Um, I want to share with you one of the uh, past life stories that I found that I thought was kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about creepy. So Cindy goes into her, her son's room at night and Ryan kept repeating the same words. Mommy, I'm so homesick. And as she tried to comfort him and rock him to sleep, he was like a little old man who couldn't remember all the details of his life. He was so frustrated and sad, Cindy said. The next morning when she went to the library, she borrowed a pile of books about old Hollywood and brought them home. With Ryan in her lap, they went through the volumes and she was then hoping that the pictures might soothe him. Instead, he became more and more excited as they looked at one particular book when they came to a still of a scene from a movie in 1932 called Night After Night, he stopped her. Mama, he shouted, pointing to one of the actors who wasn't identified. That guy is me. That's the old me. Cindy, <laughs> Cindy said, I was shocked. I never thought that we would find the person that he thought that he was, but she was equally relieved. Ryan had talked about his other life and had been so unhappy, and now we had something to go on. Although neither Cindy nor her husband believed in reincarnation, she went back to the library the next day, checked out a book about children who possessed memories of their past lives. At the end of it was a note from the author, Professor Jim Tucker, MD, saying that he wanted to hear from the parents of kids with similar stories. So Cindy sat down to write him a letter. And it just goes on from there, this kid's journey of discovering who wow. he was in the 1930s, detailed information of movies that he did, things that he did throughout the course of his life. Um, See, it's so, that's so cool, man. Just having parents that are like obliging this kid and like instead of telling the kid that he's like fucking crazy, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like a lot of people are going to, like now's the time people are actually helping children at a young age understand their gifts by by not shutting them out and making them feel like shitty because they're hearing things or because they believe certain things that even if they don't believe it as long as they're just like hey okay that's interesting and you know yeah. like i think that's a great that's great it so, is so i mean and that's the other thing too is like if any of you that are watching have children you know i think of and I'm sure, Ronnie, you can agree with this, too. At some point, you know, you have an adult, not even just a parent, but there's always going to be an adult or an elder that's going to be like, oh, no, that's not real. What are you talking about? No, there's nobody there. It's like, you know, there's a there's a happy medium of believing and playing along with what a child is saying, because maybe they're really tuning into something and it needs yeah. to be. And maybe that that ability will grow if we actually give it a chance. But instead, we dumb it down and we silence it, you know? Yeah, and then the kid becomes an alcoholic. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you know? Oh, or, or you have conflicting ideals, like, no, you're supposed to be a Christian, or you can't tap into your Native American background because it's Satan. And it's like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But I found this story about Dr. Tucker really interesting because as of 1996, there's, he's collected over 2,500 documenting cases of real child past life connections with detailed information and connecting the dots to who these children were. Like quizzing them, kids that are under the age of 10, about these adults that they should know nothing about and their life. Um, that's fascinating. He did write a book, so that's another book for those of you watching. It's called Return to Life, Extraordinary Cases of Children Who Remember Their Past Lives. Um, 
there's so many collected works and some people are like, well, did they pick up the memories through TV or conversations? Um, could this be ruled out as fraud? Um, or, you know, the thing that he says, because he's also a doctor and he works with children, he's like, for these children to be making up these stories means that they have a very wild imagination and also that their fantasies are very adult. That doesn't make any sense for a yeah. child that age, you know? Totally. Um, and even three quarters of the cases investigated by his team and people not in his team have been solved, meaning that a person is matched to that child's story from what they've shared. So yes. it's like mind blown. Um, here's, here's another story I wanna share with you really quick. So born in Seattle, 91, Sonam Wangdu was only two years old when he realized that he was actually the fourth reincarnation of the original Tibetan Lama. Lama is the Tibetan word for guru. Dezung Rinpoche, the first. Um, the realization was the culmination of a number of signs that had been accumulating since before the boy was ever born. These included the visions that his mother would have and her own Lama, as well as the words of the third reincarnation of Dezung himself, who informed his acolytes in 1987, the year of his death, I will be reborn in Seattle. It keeps going. In 96, the boy who by then only answered to the name Trukula, which means reincarnation, left his family forever to be raised by monks while studying Tibetan Buddhism in Kathmandu, Nepal, and eventually became the head of a monastery there. Arriving in Nepal, dressed in gold and maroon robes and riding on a luggage cart pushed by his mo mother, the little Lama smiled widely, reported Seattle Met. In 2016, a follow-up story tracing the boy's journey for 20 years. When asked how long he would stay in Nepal, though, the little boy was very serene, almost stoic, and he said, lots of time. He said, I'm going to stay here a very long time. And that has proven to be true. The boy is now 23 years old and is the, has proven his life of being the fourth reincarnation of Dezung Rinpoche the third, first. Rad, yeah. What a, what a I crazy, believe it. <laughs> what a crazy spiritual journey, right? For a young kid at the age of two to decide, hey guys, this is who I am. This is my name, call me reincarnation because I've done this four <laughs> times now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because spirit tells me that this is a lifetime where a lot of ancients have been reborn. So the kids these days are a lot more intuitive. And when you talk Very to much. any kid these days, you're like, what the fuck? Like, have you seen MasterChef Junior? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, that's the thing too. I think, I think as physical beings, but also being spiritual beings, having a physical or human experience, we, we sometimes don't notice those little subtle signs. Like it could be in pop culture. Like the fact that older generations now call the youngest generation, these Xennials or, you know, Gen Zers, ungrateful and entitled. It's like, hold on a second. When I hear the word untitled and I relate it to a baby or like a kid that's under the age of 15, I'm like, maybe their sense of entitlement comes from some innate wisdom that they have. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? You know? <laughs> but they don't know how to convey that yet because they haven't grown in this lifetime enough to 
convey those words, you know, because totally. they have a lot of emotional storm inside too, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, it looks like we have another question. Let's see. And if you're watching, this is Ronnie. I'm Zachary the Witch. We're talking about past lives and reincarnation. Um, feel free to submit a question. How do you think the world would change if we treated reincarnation as a practical aspect of existence? And that's from Sig Neutron. Hmm. Well, I've, I have friends who like follow a model of like raising their kids as if they're like peers almost, where they kind mm -hmm. of, um, they don't make their kid feel lesser than them. And I think that that's a really great thing. I think that like when you start um, acknowledging a younger person as an old soul, I think that they'll be able to develop a lot quicker. Because yeah. like older people, when I was a kid, they were just like shitting on any anything kid. Like you're, you're just a kid, you don't fucking know anything. But I feel like if we were to um, treat kids as old souls and um, respect them, have more respect for them, I think that, think that things would get a lot better actually. I agree too. You know, I, I can recall a time in my life growing up where I realized now as an adult, I, for a long time, I was always so conflicted. I felt, I felt like my mom was more my sister. Um, yeah. I, I didn't feel like there was a, a mentorship or a guidance really. Um, and even, even now in my life now, you know, the fact that I have my parental reaching out to me for advice on how to deal with my four younger brothers. It's kind of like, huh? So, yeah. and, not, and I'm not trying to bash my mom. It's just, it's interesting to see how that has played out and how a certain sense of, if we could apply reincarnation or having like, bitch, I've done this before. Like, just give me a chance to get to where I need to be to understand who I am. I, I think what Sig is asking is, it's important, like we should treat children with a level of respect that they have a chance to develop into who they believe they need to become. Yeah. Instead definitely. of trying to, instead of trying to predetermine, well, because I was a doctor now you should be a doctor and that's the best thing for you to do because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know? Maybe instead give your children the tools and the opportunities because you're a fucking doctor to spread their wings and go into a direction that's healthier for them. What is their learning path? What is their learning style? What is like? Yeah, you know, oh, man, the school system in America these days is just totally fucked. They really gotta, mm -hmm. they really gotta change all that shit, man. With the yeah. different styles of learning and, ugh, I don't want to get into okay. it. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, Ronnie, do you have any? Do you have any predictions for or any uh, insights for the eclipse tonight? Is there anything that people should be mindful of since we're talking about? past lives, reincarnation, that sort of stuff? Uh, change. Change is inevitable. Transformations are are going wild right now. So just lean into it, man. If you feel like there's some shit that you haven't, you're just resisting the change because you're, you think you're comfortable with where you are, but the universe is telling you to fucking change, go with it. This is a good time for change. And these are mm -hmm. the messages that I keep getting about I kept getting about the, the eclipses that were going to be ha happening is just lean into the change, allow the change, don't fight it. And there's going to be a lot of gnarly things happening, but just, you know, <laughs> you're in this lifetime for a reason. So just yeah. try, try, to, try to reach out to people who are close to you if shit yeah. seems easy. Do you have any other stories of reincarnation or past lives that you want to share? 
Oh, you know, what's interesting is um, when I was channeling the spirits in New Orleans, um, they kept saying this, like, Sig was asking about, like, reincarnation, and they kept saying, when you, when you get reborn, you come back into your life, you only change this much about your life. You're mm -hmm. going to have almost the same crew. It's weird. Like, they were being really cryptic, but it was, like, a really interesting thought about coming back and only changing this much about who you are. <laughs> So I don't know. It's no, like crap, but. <laughs> I don't think, I think that's actually like, it's almost like you're in a video game and you get to start over again, but you already know what's going to come. You know, it's like, that's, that's actually an advantage that somebody could have, but yeah. we get so muddled down and like, Oh, well, pity party. I don't want to do this again. And it's like, but it could be a hundred times better this time. You know? Yeah. Um, the other thing I've noticed too, is something that I've been saying in meditation circles or rituals in the last few years is I had a realization through spirit that every person in my life is a, if you look at life like a prism, every person in my life is a facet of that light that comes from me. So they could personify my addiction. They could personify my happiness. They could personify so many things. And it goes both ways. What is it that I, I am to another person in their life? A lot of people say, oh, well, you're my rock or you're my spiritual place or you're this. And it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, instead of like putting this importance on titles and jobs and all this shit, it's like, well, what are you on the inside and how does that reflect to the world? So that's my spiritual advice on reincarnation, past lives. Think of the core of who you are what is the pure essence of what it is that you truly personify? Yeah. Not some avatar or some false yeah. image of what you want to be, but what is it innately that you naturally have that you, like I said, like, did you wake up one day with the talent or did you wake up one day and go, that's my thing. And if you don't know, and if you're not sure, you're watching this for a reason. We're yeah. talking about it for a reason. We're, you know? we're sending you codes with our eyeballs. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna start. We're making connections for you guys. You're absolutely. welcome. <laughs> Dig says we shouldn't be trying to create clones of ourselves with our children. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, and then Nick Fair said, "I really needed to hear that wisdom. Thank you to you both, um, Ronnie. You got a few fans in here. They're like, Ronnie, I love your art. Ronnie, I love what Thank you do. You. Um, but that's not who I am. Or is it? <laughs> it's a. It's a, it's a facet of who you yeah, are. You yeah. know? I'm all kinds of things, you guys. You've seen it. You've seen I know. It. I remember when I first moved to LA and I thought I was getting professional advice and they're like, you just need to focus on your music career and you just need to do this. You don't need to be a witch. You don't need to be a model. You don't need to be a dancer. You're just this one thing. And I was like, that sounds, yeah. that sounds really boring. <laughs> <laughs> so then when I got sober, and then when I started to go back to that time when I wasn't sober, I was like, oh my God, I was listening to every asshole in my life that didn't really care about my well-being. They just wanted me to do what seemed the most successful at the time. Yeah. You know? So now that we're here, I'm um, just really grateful, you know, to have these types of conversations, um, to Thank be talking you. about these topics. And that brings us to the last part of our show, Ronnie, before we're done. What are three things that you are grateful for? Ooh, I am grateful for Tupac Shikorgi, my dog, whose butt is right over there. Um, I'm really grateful for, I mean, these gifts that I, that, that I keep receiving, just connecting mm -hmm. to the universal 
all and being able to help heal people with the, these connections that I'm making. And also I am grateful, um, grateful that I'm a great cook and that I, that I can eat really good food any, anytime I want, want on a dime. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, eat been, really good, even though I don't have that much money. <laughs> no, I've been seeing some of your, uh, your vegan creations. I'm like, I want some. <laughs> If this was if COVID wasn't a thing, man, you'd be having dinner with us. Oh, I know. I was I was talking about that too with some friends. It's like I would love to have people over for rituals. I have a fire pit that we built, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that's changed. But it's kind of like what I said in the cards in the beginning. It's really important for us to be present right now, yeah, and to focus on what it is that we currently have, you okay. know. Um, and so for that, I want to share. I'm grateful for this conversation and all of the people who've tuned in today. I always am. Um, sometimes I feel like this show brings me back to life because I was really depressed for about a week. Um, and then I'm grateful for meeting magical spiritual people who choose to be in tune with what is right and what is good. People like you, um, so many people throughout the course of my life that have either been reintroduced or have shown their faces um many faces and then i'm also grateful for all of the love in my life i really am i'm i'm so loved and so appreciated and i'm so lucky i really am so but that comes to the end of our show today ronnie thank you for being here for episode for 23 me. and for sharing your wisdom about reincarnation and past lives it's so good to see your face you look gorge <laughs> oh, thank you I, i'm half dressed got, me too i have a, got my I have a skirt down. on <laughs> yeah, I have a big cardigan on and a skirt on under it. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, but much love to you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right, we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. And then that brings us to the end of our episode, y'all. So, if um, if any of you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, and by us I mean myself and a special guest, or myself just by myself. Um, send it my way. You can DM it to me. You can comment it down below right now. For those of you who missed the entire episode, I will be uploading this episode once we're done. I just got to type out the thing and then it will be uploaded so you can watch it to your heart's content. Like I said, my name is Zachariah the Witch and this was Around the Cauldron. If you would like to book a reading with me, don't forget I do consultations, readings, and guidance through cartomancy, intuition, and a lot of other creepy shit. Uh, my website is ZachariahTheWitch.com. Thank you so much for being here. And if you want to follow Ronnie, her uh, Instagram is R-A-N-N-I-E. And then go from there. I totally just forgot to put that in there. But I'll also tag it in the description of this episode. So thank you, everybody, for being here. And like I said, psychedelics and the parallels to mystical experience. Let's talk about psychedelics on the next episode. Absolutely. <laughs> or anything about Lucifer. And Ronnie's Instagram is Ronnie Algogo. So it's R-A-N-N-I-E-A-U-G-O-G-O. -G -O -G -O. Um, but yeah, that's it, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Bye.